The following program is a part of the Movie Morgue Network. the 20th episode of the Bitter Bastard Nerdcast. Today, we're venturing into the creepy woods to visit the Slender Man, partying it up at the house on Haunted Hill, jumping on board the terror train, and driving ourselves to hell in the car. But first, welcome back to the microphone, the founder of the B-Movie BFF's website, my co-host, Kelly Hogaboom. Hey, good afternoon, Tim. Good evening. Good evening. Um, so... First off, I, I gotta say, I mean, I, I I'm excited because I believe is it this Friday that the the, the Halloween sequel slash reboot is coming. I think it's a week from Friday. It's nine oh. days. Yeah. Okay, so it's next Friday. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I'm actually really excited about it, um, mainly because um, Jamie Lee Curtis is returning to the role, which made her famous, and uh, it, uh, it it actually looks like it might be decent as opposed to most of the sequels which were pretty terrible um <laughs> although i am kind of bummed that they're they're negating halloween 2 because i really enjoyed halloween 2 but did you watch the uh halloween uh h2o i did and i mean i didn't so was it any good whatsoever it was okay mm-hmm. um the mask in it sucked oh. I, it, it's it's so funny how it's they can do anything in Hollywood effects-wise, and yet somehow they're incapable of duplicating the original mask. Gotcha. Um, the the one thing I really enjoyed about it was it had a final ending. Unfortunately, they you know it made money, so they right. Uh, you know, came up with if you ever see Halloween Resurrection, which is a direct sequel. They come up with the stupidest, lamest way of reversing the ending. Um, now, as everybody knows, this is a spoiler podcast, so I'm going to say what they did here. So at the end of Halloween H2O, um, <clears throat> Lori has had enough, and Michael uh, is being loaded into the ambulance, and she hijacks the ambulance and takes it out and crashes the, the, the ambulance or whatever and uh, Michael's pinned under like a tree or something like that and she pulls out an axe and decapitates him the end 
and <laughs> it's hard to come back from that <laughs> yeah and that would have been a great way to end the franchise but because something made money they can't let it go mm-hmm. so at the beginning of halloween resurrection they change it and say well what really happened was before um he was loaded into the ambulance michael actually switched clothes with a paramedic put the mask on him crushed his larynx so he could not speak and so that way she, when she killed him it would be killing somebody else and not right. him yeah well it's just like those old serials that we used to watch you know before a movie right yeah. you'd see batman and robin get blown up right and then you'd watch the next week's installment and they're like oh no see he got off the plane first you know so yeah well yeah, it, 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 it was just inexcusable. It was so sloppy. It was yeah. so lazy. I think uh, I, that's one thing, I, a hard time I have with some of these, like, you know, the Freddy, the Jason, the Mike Myers is I, I don't have a strong investment in watching these films because you know at the end they're either going to kill him and then they're going to show him coming back to life on screen in the last frame or they're going to do like you just described. They're, they'll kill him, but don't worry. There's going to be a sequel, and they'll bring him back. And my investment just kind of drops at that point. I just feel like we're just in for a whole mess of films. And so I haven't – I've only seen Halloweens 1, 2, and 3. I didn't watch any of the Rob Zombie Halloweens. Like, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. They're terrible. Okay. So yeah. I am I am also excited about the new one. Um because I'm such a Jamie Lee Curtis fan. And because you're having us cover it on the podcast, that means I'm going to have to see it in the theater, which is really scary for me because it's <laughs> going to be really loud and jumpy. Uh, but hopefully my husband will come with me and um, I can just like hide in his shirt during those tense <laughs> moments. So, um, Yeah, for me, that whole resurrection thing was that that's on par with... Um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 for worst resurrection of a serial villain. Um, if you ever saw, did you ever see a part five? Yeah, but like when it came out, so I don't remember what you're talking oh, about. Well, Freddy is resurrected by because a dog pees fire on uh, his grave. I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where we were at that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's called uh, condescension towards your audience. Yeah. <laughs> they'll buy anything so dog pees on it that's it um as you probably have noticed i noticed both of us are posting a horror movie every day on yes. uh, social media and i am um watching halloween's one two and three right before i go watch the the new halloween but i'm curious as to you say you think it's going to be good i mean is that based on the trailer or is that based on the reputation of the people putting it together or yeah, I think, well, a lot of it has to do with Jamie Lee's involvement, but also, uh, you know, David Gordon Green directing, and um, I, I think that the, the, the people that are putting it together, both the writers and the director, um, I, I think they seem to have a real uh, a real clue, in, in, at least, to what makes the character in the franchise really work. And um, because if you watch <clears throat> uh, the first Halloween and, and to a lesser extent Halloween 2, um, it, it's much more about suspense than direct gore. Absolutely. 
Uh, I mean, they did up the gore content in Halloween 2 because of the popularity of Friday the 13th, but it's still, I watched it the other day again, and it's it's absolutely tame by comparison to stuff now. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I, I, I'm, from what I've heard, that they, they seem to want to stick to that feel, and that's what I want to see. If I want to watch you know, extreme gore, whatever, then, you know, there's always something like hatchet. You're spoiled for choice there. Yeah. I, you know, just watching Halloween again. I mean, it's, it's an amazing film. Even if you don't like slashers, it's a good film to watch just because it's incredible. And, you know, after the first murder, um, they, you don't see another murder for almost an hour and, Mm -hmm. um, the body count, yeah, so there's there's a man who's um, killed off screen. They show his body, the guy that Michael um, steals the coverall from. But then the there's and there's two dogs that are killed off screen. But then there's only three teenagers killed. I think it's three. Yeah. So yeah, like by today's standard, you know, they'd they'd have a body count of twelve. You know, and I I'm kind of with you. I'd rather see a genuinely scary film than just a bunch of bodies and just a bunch of gross kills. But that's me. It, you know. Yeah, and if you're going to do a bunch of gross kills, at least try and do it in an over-the-top manner. Right. You know what I mean? So at least it, it's it's entertaining on that level. Right. Um, I, ju- I just, I was actually talking to you um, online about, uh, I saw that <clears throat> that movie Terrifier. Right. Right. <laughs> and it was on Netflix, it's on Netflix, and it's, it's a killer mute clown and he looks kind of like almost like a um, uh, a clown from like turn of the century or something. And everything he does is mimes, you know, type of a, you know, mannerisms and stuff. And you know, there's there's a lot of gore in it. And I, I'm like, okay, I, you know, I I, I can handle that because I know it doesn't bother me really. But then when they get to a sequence where there's a woman literally strung up upside down. Uh, by chains and he literally saw it pulls out a saw and starts sawing her like between her legs and i I was like okay that's it and i turned it off i thought that's not that's not entertaining to me yeah sadly it's entertaining to a lot of people though and um you know i've just never the the gore and the torture porn that kind of got a resurgence here in the last you know 15 years i just it's not for me it's not that i find it offensive it's that i find it boring um that said i'm always willing to hear you know if someone has a slasher or a you know even a splatter film it's like if there's some reason to watch it tell me about it i'll watch it but it's just never going to be my wheelhouse i suspect yeah i the torture porn thing really turns me off I'm, i'm not a fan of that at all um, so, uh, what have you been watching that, uh, lately is uh, genre based, anything interesting? Uh, I've been anything watching, about? yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be really brief about it, but, um, I've been watching a lot of horror and as I, as we mentioned, you know, off the podcast, I, I have to be careful. I have to watch it in the daytime because if I watch that stuff at night, it will give me anxiety. But, um, besides the Halloween movies, um, I I watched uh, Hereditary, and I just have to give that film major props. Um, I'm absolutely not going to even risk a tiny spoiler. Uh, I will say it's psychological horror, and um, I'm so glad I didn't see the trailer because I had no idea what to expect. But I think that even people that see the trailer are going to have a couple surprises in the film. 
And um, it was just excellent. I mean, one of the better horror movies I've ever seen. And I've had, since I wrote about it on my site, I had a lot of friends go watch it. And I'm just like, I hope you enjoyed being traumatized <laughs> because it was, it was pretty rough. Um, but I, I really loved it. And um, I actually, uh, I'm kind of, I'm excited about all of the spooky uh, Netflix projects that they're putting out. You and I had talked about uh, The Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm going to give that one a shot. Um, for anyone who's familiar with the original Shirley Jackson novel or the original movie, uh, Tim and I were you know, talking about the fact that this this project by Netflix looks nothing like um, the source material. Absolutely but I, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but I, um, once I kind of saw the first few minutes of the little promo I turned it off and I'm going to give that one a shot I'm also interested to know did you ever do you have any familiarity with Sabrina the Teenage Witch oh uh, the 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 sitcom from mm-hmm. the 90s yeah yeah I didn't watch it <laughs> yeah I, I didn't watch it either because I grew up without TV but um it's I think it's the some of the same people that put Riverdale together which is an interesting right. like very overwrought teen drama and so I might give Sabrina a chance and of course, I am extremely excited about the new Pet Cemetery that's coming up. Um, oh, I just saw the trailer today. Yes, yes, I've seen images, but I will be avoiding trailers like I always do. But um, boy, am I excited about that one! Oh, and last night you probably saw we watched uh, Christine. Ah, uh, yes. Which I had I didn't realize, but I had never seen it. I had read it, and I had really just, yeah, and I thought I had seen it, but as we started watching it, I was like, nope, I have not seen this film. <laughs> yeah keith gordon well i liked the psychotic sideburn dude <laughs> like, oh <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was kind of hot <laughs> like he was a sociopath but like but what that film though i am kind of blown away um i feel like that movie was such a missed opportunity um the, it's beautifully made, and the special effects are absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. But the every character in it is entirely unlikable, and it's oh, just yeah. not compelling. And um, I, I just, I, I'd love to know what people think of that movie because I, I kind of see why I hadn't really heard about it. People weren't didn't talk about it much, and it didn't have, um, it doesn't kind of have a reputation. Um, but, but it's so well made in so many ways. So. Boy, yeah, what, yeah. it's um, it was made during John Carpenter's like a uh, winning streak, <laughs> you know. Um, his his basically starting with, with with Halloween. I mean, he pretty much had about a decade straight of good films. And I and uh, you know, Christine, I haven't seen in a long time, so I, I I'd have to see it again to give my opinion on it. But um, I do remember enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I will agree with you. I mean, it seems like everybody in that movie is just so unlikable. Yeah, it it makes it hard to watch, and it's also very predictable. I think even if oh yeah, even if you hadn't read the book, you know. Um, so you know, we're t- we're going to be talking about a killer car movie today. But um, yeah. this, you know, I I was Christine was interesting to me. Like I said, I, I if you do watch it again. Um, I just think the effects they did with, especially with the Plymouth Fury, or I'm sure they had several Plymouth Furies, but um, really amazing, um, really beautiful, uh, but uh, definitely kind of a um, tepid as far as the story and, and characters go. 
Yeah, I think it's one of the more predictable Stephen King stories. Mm-hmm. You know, as far you pretty much know exactly where it's going to go yeah. and what's going to happen. And I do think that there's, um, I think that the King did crib a little bit from the car, actually. Uh huh. I, I think there's some some stuff in there that um, is very similar, but you know. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what about you? What have you been watching? Well, uh, I have the the Shutter uh, channel that's you know streaming channel. And they've started carrying uh, the uh, the sci-fi show uh, Channel Zero, and I don't know if you've seen uh, any of that. It's going to be starting its fourth season coming up here soon because of Halloween. Um, and every much like American Horror Story, every season is a completely different story. Okay, but unlike American Horror Story, it's actually good. And <laughs> I, shut your mouth. I love American Horror Story. <laughs> I love that. I, I absolutely loathe American Horror Story. Uh, um, and it's also only six episodes every season, so they don't stretch it out gotcha. past the, the limits of where the story can go. Um, and I, I, I've basically binged seasons one and two that they have. And uh, the first season is called Candle Cove, and it's about this uh, child psychologist whose brother had died when he was a kid, his twin brother and a bunch of other children went missing. And now he's returning home because he keeps having nightmares about this, this show kids show called candle cove, which was like, it had these weird, creepy puppets. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Yes. And now like children are disappearing again and the show has returned and there's never any they can't find any log or any proof that it would ever aired in in the past but but kids all remember it and at one point you know early on uh, the mother's like oh i remember you used to watch that show you know but all you all it was was just you st- staring at a blank screen <laughs> and and it gets it's really well done huh uh, the acting in it um Everything about it, I, I, I really enjoy it. They, what they do every season is they get a, a, a one director, and they direct the entire thing. So each season has its own look and feel. It, it's very consistent. That's nice. Yeah. And then the second season is called No End House. And it's these teenagers are out, and they, they get, see this, uh, this online ad for, oh, there's this, this place called No End House, and it's this big blue house, and it just appears and it's supposedly they think everyone thinks it's like a traveling show or something like that and it's this dark blue house that appears and when you go in and you go to these different rooms and it basically takes you inside and you think you've left but you're actually in the world of a house and the inside of the world the house looks like your neighborhood except uh, what it ha- it has people in it that shouldn't exist like the main girl's dad who had who had committed suicide is in there and what the people, the quote-unquote people that are in the house, what they do, they exist by by absorbing your memories, and then it it's it's the weirdest thing. It, it is it's really well done. Uh, at the end of this season or this month, they're going to get season three, which is called Butcher's Block, which I never got to see. So I'm going to be looking forward to seeing that. Um, I, I will tell you, um, <laughs> I watched. Uh, an absolutely dreadful film uh, today called Night of the Demon. <laughs> it was, it's on Amazon Prime. 
and no, it's not the Night of the Demon slash Curse of the Demon with Dana Andrews from the 50s. It's it's uh, from the early 80s. It is a terrible film about a professor who takes his students into the forest looking for Bigfoot. And it's a body count film but with like with just cheesy special effects the worst looking bigfoot you're ever going to see it's mm. very much like uh, it reminded me a lot of shriek of the mutilated if you've ever seen that no i have not it's the plot is almost identical except for the ending but uh it, it, it's you know thanks to amazon prime i'm able to discover so many of these these absolutely low budget pieces of garbage right that some I mean, some of them are entertaining don't get right. me wrong some of them are actually pretty fun in, in in their badness but this was just i mean i kept watching i, I kept looking at my phone like what time is it right what time? oh yeah. god <laughs> i'm i'm looking at a i pulled up a picture of the of the sasquatch and yeah he he looks pretty bad yeah <clears throat> so I, just to give an example uh, a guy gets impaled on a on a branch mm-hmm. which by the way you know bran- the branch is so thin that it should have just snapped when it hit him but anyway, supposedly, you know, it goes through his tor- entire torso and comes out the other side, and there's no blood on it. It's dry. Yeah. Okay. Just to give you an example of, you know, the level of quality. It's in these horror films. It's always so easy to pierce somebody's body, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, like what was it, Sleepwalkers, where she stabs someone to death with the ear of corn? Uh, you know, like, just like it's like wow. I mean, that's amazing. No. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well. Uh, um, you know, there's so many bad horror movies out there. It's it's always like such a gamble because maybe you'll have a great time and maybe it'll be fun, or maybe it will just be a waste of an hour and forty minutes of your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, thankfully, a lot more of these things turn out to be more like an hour and twenty. Okay, right. Uh, I, there's been so many, and the thing I've had a hard time with is I'm going through, and I'm always looking on Amazon Prime or Hulu or whatever, looking for something new, and God, so many of them are shot on video. Mm. And it, and you know, and I, I can't stand that because it looks like a, a soap opera or right. something to me. And I, you know, I keep expecting Stefano de Mira to show up or something. <laughs> right. and it's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, <clears throat> so apparently, kids everywhere love to summon tall, faceless, tentacled demons in business suits during their adorable slumber parties. While that may seem counterproductive to you and me, Hallie and her friends decide that this is just what the homicidal doctor ordered. One by one, the small group of girls are dispatched by the vaguely defined hedge fund suit-wearing villain until our heroine is left to face him, Mono E. Slender Mono. With friends like these, is it any wonder that they would waste their time and summon the Slender Man? Okay, Twitter poll. If you could stay one age forever, what would it be? What about the age we are right now? Seriously? Sometimes I wish we could just get out of this stupid town together. So when the cops ask you, they wanted to know if she ever talked about running away. Check this out. Here is the last site she visited. Slender Man. He preys on innocent youth. What was that? I 
think this is how we get Katie back. Those who hear the three bells toll accept his invitation. When you hear the first, you must close your eyes. Katie! Opening your eyes. Only once you've heard the third. He gets in your head like a virus. Something he takes, something he drives mad. Once you see him, you can't unsee him. Yeah. So, <laughs> Kelly, I want to know about how much fun you had watching this film, absorbing its message, um, knowing that it enriched your life and your family's life. Yeah. So I I put off watching this until the last second. I would have I would never have watched it if you hadn't assigned it. And it was um, the it was hard to get through. It was. It was boring, and it had a, um, yeah. There, there's just. I, I mean, you know, I'm always trying to find something positive to say about a film, and this was <laughs> mo- mostly it was just incredibly dull. And mm-hmm. the most interesting thing I think about this film is, first of all, it has an amazing origin story that had a great potential to be a scary, you know, film. Um, it seems like they. Um, they did some last minute cuts to the film. Um, you probably know more about that than I did, but the trailer, Mm -hmm. the trailer shows a lot of, um, sort of iconic shocking scenes that they stripped out of the film, as I understand it, because as they were, you know, about to release the film, the two, um, young girls who did stab their classmate their classmate survived but um right they, those girls you know had another appeal or there was some court um activity and the people making this film got squeamish about some of the content they'd put in the movie and so they just omitted those scenes um several of them uh mm-hmm. the some of the more iconic horror scenes from the trailer and i mean that's that just seems like such a mess yeah well apparently <clears throat> screen gems uh, this the studio or production company responsible um, uh, mandated a PG-13 rating, and they changed the script and edited out some major scenes because they were freaked out. Um, you know, like except for backlash and stuff. And right. uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, I mean, I understand why they would do that, but to me, it it just seems foolish. You've spent the money on this thing, right? You know, and it's just you're basically setting yourself up for failure. I mean, I mean, the, the movie's made up made like fifty million dollars on a low budget, so clearly, despite them sabotaging it, it still has done well. 
Um, this this movie, like I was telling you off air, I've seen I think three other movies that had to do with Slenderman. One of them was called Always Watching, and uh, there's a couple other ones. And the Slenderman character, the the concept of it, it's creepy. He's a, the image of it is very creepy and disturbing, and it, it's it has such potential to be interesting, and uh, and fun and suspenseful and scary, and man, they just don't do anything with it. Now, yeah. I don't. I I know they, they like I said they they cut some stuff out. Uh, it just wow. There's there there's a. Uh, it, it, it interests me how like okay first off like one of the girls after they do this whole thing at their slumber party uh, you know disappears right while they're on a field trip Katie yeah Katie yeah and after that it just it seems like it, the movie just treads water for the next hour and fifteen minutes it just doesn't seem like anything's happening uh, other than you know they're worried about oh what happened to her um, you know and then the one the one girl starts having visions and um it, it and the ending first of all I, I think the ending is so predictable you see where that's going yeah i mean so <clears throat> yeah it starts out with four friends who on a on a lark you know look up a you know video and accidentally summon the summon the slender man oops and they're kind of spooked they're not too worried then one of them goes missing and then the rest of the the girls and one of the girl's sisters, uh, Hallie's sister, Katie, basically get kind of drawn in, right? And so they're seeing spooky things, right? There's a lot of spooky, jumpy imagery. The, yeah. f- the film was so dark. It was so underlit. It was so oh, hard yeah. to see. Um, and the, the scares kind of seemed all over the map to me. You know what I mean? It's like... They would. They were trying to think of what would be creepy. Okay, how about you know? How about tentacles flying out from the darkness? Okay, let's use that. Okay, how about you know branches coming out of your body? Okay, let's use that. It didn't seem to have like a a theme. But the other thing, yeah. the film, the girls just were arguing with each other for the last two thirds of the film, right? Right. <laughs> like if you like movies where teenage girls argue with each other at top volume then you've got to watch this film like that and screaming there was a lot of screaming in this film it was just like yeah oh. and where, where are the parents during this yeah whole thing? they didn't I mean, they, they were only at the beginning at the at the dinner table right yeah yeah uh <laughs> yeah it, well as far as like the like you're saying it's very dark you're absolutely right it suffers from that thing that i see a lot of modern horror do where it's like you have it's so dark and you have these characters that like refuse to turn the damn lights oh yeah that was funny now i don't know about you but you know i i've had times where like i heard a noise at night and everything first thing i do is turn all lights on you're so right because they because yeah at this point they all believe in this thing they think it's real yes they and they will walk into room after room without turning on lights and yeah you're right nobody would behave that way whatsoever and no, it's the whole ridiculous. the whole thing is such a um it's all in blue and gray and it, there's no color in the film uh so it was kind of like watching a a crappy music video without the music i just <laughs> i just really um I, you know i will say though uh for for kids that are about the age of the young ladies in the film you know you remember that age where you would have some 
horror movie that you were obsessed with, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like this film is probably going to be fondly remembered by a certain um, sort of age group, a certain demographic. But for me, it was just, there was just nothing to recommend it. Yeah. Once again, when you have a movie that's 93 minutes and you keep looking at your watch. exactly. I mean, a movie's that short. You shouldn't be thinking, wow, how much is left? That's exactly right. I was like, uh, this is the longest, yeah, like hour and 15 <laughs> minutes of my life or whatever. I just was like, yeah, it was a struggle for sure. Yeah, and, and the thing thing is with the Slender Man, they don't, at no point do they, you know, despite all this research, they supposedly do it. You see them online looking at stuff. You see them looking at books. You know, um, we never get a sense of what's the motivation of that character. Does right. it kill people? Does it just take them? And if it t- just takes them, where does it go? Right. Where yep. the, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, so since there's no motivation and the history is just kind of like scattershot, right? Um, they, you know, they pull up all these images of the Pied Piper and all this. Um, right. If you don't have any history and any motivation, then you don't know how you're going to defeat it either. The, there never seemed to be any kind of discussion as to how it could be defeated and... Yeah, it was. Is right, really... you know. Usually, there's like, oh, like they find in a book. It's like, oh, uh, if you, you know, if you kill it with a silver spear, you know, that'll just that'll kill the the, the evil or whatever. You know, like, there's nothing like that. Nope. They're just like, oh, I guess I'll go out there and just die then. You know, it, it's it's ridiculous. And then of course, you know, I think they kind of stretched it a little bit because like the because really when you watch the movie, you're thinking, okay, so I guess if they just don't go out in the woods, they're fine. Right. <laughs> you know, but then they, they find some way to have stuff happen to them indoors. Right. Which, you know, it makes really no sense. Yeah. No, it was, um, I, I'm surprised it did so well. And I hear you uh, when you said earlier that they probably will warrant a sequel. But I think they're going to have a hard time um, getting the audience there because... Um, you know, once you've already bought the movie ticket, <laughs> you you go see the film. But it's like I can't imagine very many people having enjoyed it. But could be wrong. Yeah, I uh, I, I think what it just shows it shows that there is a public movie going public that that really wants quality horror films that they'll go and see something you know hoping that it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, there's one that came out uh, this last Friday called Hellfest that I actually was kind of interested in seeing, and I'll probably see it this weekend, um, but it's gotten... I haven't seen any TV ads for it at all. The only only promotion I've seen of it is online. Mm. And so, you know, we'll see. I mean, it, it, it's got to be better than this, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> almost almost anything, yeah. Uh, well, I think horror, I think horror is, a t- is a difficult genre to do well. I, I really do. Um you know, there there are people that that consume horror films like candy, right? They'll just kind of watch anything. But uh, for anyone who's slightly dis, uh, discerning, um, I think horror is hard to do right, actually. So, um, but this one definitely didn't. Uh, th- this was for, out of the four films you had me watch. This is the one I liked the the least. So, what would you give that? Uh, one. Uh... I got to give it a four, and that's me being real nice. Wow, you are being generous because I'd give it a one. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I can never, I can never give ones. It's like they worked so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I mean, like the studio really undermined the production. Yeah. 
so maybe we're you know we're obviously not seeing the yeah you're right yeah the director's vision and the writers uh so i don't know but what i'm looking at uh terrible yeah well and again the best scenes in the trailer were left out they had the scene of the girl stabbing herself in the eye they have the girl coming out of the woods covered in blood they have the boy throwing himself off a building all of those things that you're i was waiting for those things to happen in the movie and they didn't nothing happened in the movie so yeah okay moving on (laughs) (laughs) what do you do when you're a multi-billionaire with a not so loving spouse and lots of tricks up your sleeve why you throw a haunted house survival party of course there's lots of different archetypes invited to this shindig but none of them were counting on it being held in an ex-asylum that's haunted by an evil scientist and his victims there's a cast chock full of recognizable faces famke jansen steaming up the screen and jeffrey rush doing his best vincent price impression in the house on haunted hill <laughs> Halloween. Six strangers have been invited to a party. If they can stay up till dawn, they'll win one million dollars each. The only catch is that they'll have to live through the night. Let the games begin. I think I got something. Open the door! Stephen, are you doing this? No. So, Kelly, House on Haunted Hill. Um, I loved this. I loved this film. It was fun. It, it is. I, I, I'm someone, nine times out of ten, if you tell me there's a remake of something, I roll my eyes and go, ugh. Right. And I saw this actually in the theater the day it came out. And I absolutely loved it. Right. So. It, uh, yes. I, I just, I didn't see it when it came out. Um. I, I, this is, you know, about when I'm starting my family and I wasn't going to horror movies. I wasn't watching horror movies. Um, I seem to remember it not being well received at the time. Um, yeah, I don't think it was a critical darling. Right, right. But I will, so the, you know, the original, I've seen the original House on Haunted Hill many times and I love it. I love it more and more every time I watch it. Oh, I love it too. 
And what I loved about this remake is they used the bare bones of the original story, but they went ahead and made a, a bunch of decisions that departed from the original. And most of those decisions were cool. They were, you know what I mean? They were, there was a lot of corny moments in this film. Oh, but yeah. but again, like I feel like I was ready for a corny movie. I didn't think this was going to be a serious film, right? <laughs> so, Yeah. Uh, you know, I, first of all, the first thing I noticed when I watched this, when it first came out was, boy, what a, what a great set they they came up Mm, with. mm -hmm. The the set design and the art direction of this film is just magnificent. It's not a huge budget. Um, I, I think it was somewhere in the 20 million range. Um, but boy, they make every penny count. Yeah, it's it has a real 90s look to it, like big time. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it reminds me of some of the production values that we're seeing in American Horror Story, which you hate. But um, it has a similar look and um, campiness to it. And uh, the but we have to be honest here. If it wasn't for uh, Famke Janssen and uh, Jeffrey Rush this film could have sucked big time because, <laughs> because those two were pretty great every second they were on screen. And yeah, um, I think they were a great choice, you know, to, uh, you know, replace the original right. cast. And of course, Ty Diggs was also a good choice because the original yes. guy, the pilot, he was, <laughs> he was dull as white bread. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, Lance, yeah, was, right? Richard Long yeah. was, was a pretty generic white bread actor. Yeah, um, yeah. And the ooh. doctor, the doctor in the original also wasn't very interesting. Like, the original, um, again, the two leads, uh, you know, Vincent Price, and I am spacing on his uh, her name, but his wife, you know, they were they were excellent um, in the original. And I feel like this film... It's, uh, Carol Omar, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um... The several of the actors in this, I I think they it kind of sucked that the three women in this remake, they were all basically variations on the femme fatale theme, and I thought that was kind of a bummer because the original, you know, you had the femme fatale, you had the young like virginal, and then you had the alcoholic, um, you know, Robert Mitchum's sister. What was Julie Mitchum? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, but in this movie, they just kind of had a the same type of girl um three times and that kind of sucked but but um yeah this i i like the cast in this quite a bit yeah it's it it, when you watch it you're like oh i know that person oh i know that person Mm -hmm. you know yeah everybody in it i mean you know um it is definitely you've seen everybody in the like peter gallagher Mm -hmm. yeah he was you know chris Catan, ali larder wilson yeah and of course, I love Jeffrey Combs. So, um, which, by the way, just a little uh, trivia: my my mother went to high school with Jeffrey Combs. Oh, well, that's funny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, you've got you know the cameos by Lisa Loeb's Lisa Loeb right. and James Marsters at the beginning of it. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and of course, like. They they did like try to sex this one up a little bit, and they oh, also sure. um, had the higher body count, and they had you know bare breasts and that kind of stuff. So they they kind of made a few kind of cheaper sleazier moves or whatever, but it was still fun. Um, there were some missteps, like 
Did you notice that uh, Famke is constantly, at the beginning, she's constantly hinting that Jeffrey Rush is closeted, right? That he he wants yeah. men, right? And they kind of didn't go anywhere with that. I thought we yeah. were going to get a reveal. And um, Allie Larder's character, early on in the film, she says, um, I wasn't the one invited. I It was my boss. And I'm like, oh, okay, there'll be a story there. <laughs> they just cut that out. So you're, you're they just, did. Yeah, and that kind of... Um, you know, so there was some sloppy writing in the in the movie for sure. Yeah, the um, <laughs> the this there was scenes shot for the beginning of the movie where you see her her boss, who's who's a, a very bitchy character, uh, treating her like crap. She's actually her boss's assistant, right? And she sees the invitation. She decides she's going to take it, right? And so that's what that whole thing about her not being who she says she is. Right. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's never addressed again. Right. You know, it was, other than that thing where Tay Diggs is like, well, who are you really? I right. know you're not who you say you are. And then you're like, wait, what? There's no, it's never picked up again. <laughs> right. It's kind of a nod to the original young woman. Cause she was whatever her name is. I don't remember, but she, Nora, she um, was needing money to support her family, right? So this, they right. kind of were saying same thing. She's she's not the VP of whatever. She's this assistant who's desperate for money. And but um, yeah, it was. I, I felt like the um, the special effects and the ghosts and stuff. Again, I mean, it really did remind me a lot of American Horror Story because it was was campy and it was kind of all over the map. Um, you know the. They're like, oh, it's an evil doctor experimenting. And then that chamber, that odd chamber that they chuck Jeffrey Rush in, right? Yes. And Jeffrey Rush was a more sympathetic character than the original Vincent Price character because the original Vincent Price character had, it's strongly suggested, had murdered two of his previous wives, right? And um, Jeffrey Rush just seems to be trying to prank his... um, his current wife that was if you know he wasn't a murderer right right um, yeah so you know it was a little different he was so great in this though i just love oh, him he, you could tell he's having a great time yeah, yeah. and what I, I i was watching um I, I just got the blu-ray for this and i was watching the uh, the extras and there's a documentary on there and they say originally uh they they were making Jeffrey Rush up to look like John Waters. Okay. But they were like, oh, he really looks like Vincent Price now. Right. Right. <laughs> so they just went with it and had him kind of tweak his voice a little bit. So he even kind of he kind of even had that voice, you know. The, um, and I, but I just thought that was hilarious that they actually wanted him to look like John Waters, but. Uh, <laughs> it didn't work out that way. Uh, let, so let me ask you, what did you think? This is a polarizing thing that I've heard from people. What did you think of Chris Kattan in it as Watson Pritchett? Well, I... Taking over the Elisha Cook Jr. role. Uh, Elisha Cook Jr. was annoying in the first one because all he did was bitch and complain about how they were all going to die. Yeah. And Chris Kattan is a li- little less annoying in this. So I thought he did fine. Um Again, they have that higher body count. So at the end, uh, a lot of people just are dying and sacri- he sacrifices himself to the ghosts to help the the lead couple escape. But he was fine. Mm. You know, he um, I don't really have a Chris Kattan. I've probably only seen him in about two things because, again, I've, 
you know, I grew up without TV, so I wasn't seeing him on. Um, right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I um, I actually enjoyed him in it. I, cause I remember when I uh, when I first saw it, I thinking, oh, he he didn't, you know, overdo it. No. no. I, I I think he it, he actually kind of underplays it a little bit. It makes him a little. I mean, yes, he's still got like funny lines uh, in the movie, but I, I don't. I felt like he didn't really camp it up. No, and I think that kind of worked in favor of it. Yeah, I feel like um, the even though the film is campy, people approached it the roles with some seriousness, uh, and that comes off kind of well in this film. So, um, yeah, it I was better than I thought it would be for sure. So what would you give this film? Well, What's your rating for it? I'm going to give it a seven just because, again, I've been watching all this John Carpenter and the special effects in this film aren't aren't as great as um, kind of what I've been watching lately. So I'm docking it a little, but it was a lot of fun. So what, oh, you gave it a seven? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, would, I, I actually, I'm giving it an eight because it's, I, I really find it's got a real rewatchability for me. Yeah. Be- and a lot of it is like you're saying there is a, a camp factor in there that, that does, t- keeps it from taking itself too seriously, uh, especially like at the beginning how they have Peter Graves kind of doing the yeah that was cute Robert yeah. Stack unsolved mysteries right and, right and like you know Doctor Vanagat and he like kind of turns at the camera Dah! you know <laughs> and they freeze frame on his face and it just I I I really enjoyed it and I I think it's kind of a a forgotten film yeah, in a yeah. lot of ways that I think people should really rediscover uh, because um, I, I, I love the, the price version and I, I, I think this one is uh, just as entertaining for yeah, me. It is fun and uh, you know, Famke is great. She, I love, oh, she's so sexy. In she's that movie. so oh, great. God. And I love her in these sort of overblown soap opera villainess roles, like in Hemlock Grove, she is yeah. in her element in Hemlock Grove. And this is kind of like, has some of that some of those flavors so she was pretty fun to watch yeah she's a she's a great bitch in this oh yeah i mean yeah. like from from the first scene you're you're immediately like oh i don't like her <laughs> oh i no, tim i did like her <laughs> <So>. <laughs> she, that's my that's my kind of woman oh, well you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> uh, all right well it's time for intermission but we'll be back with more from the retro rewind vaults as we jump aboard the terror train and get smushed by the car right after this. It's intermission. Rise and stretch time. Time to refresh yourself and visit our snack bar. Got a yen for hot popcorn? Your favorite soft drinks are sparkling cold. The juicy Frank sizzling hot. There's delicious coffee freshly brewed and all kinds of ice cream and candy to tempt you. Showtime will be announced loud and clear to get you back to your car in time. So stretch your legs. Come to the snack bar now. And we're back. Poor Jamie Lee Curtis. She just can't catch a break. As if being stalked by Michael Myers wasn't bad enough, she's also had to contend with Killer Fog and other masked villains both in high school and college. This time, she survived a graduation from Horny Teens Medical School 
And it's time for a New Year's Eve costume party on an old train, because that's what drunken college kids do in 1980. <laughs> While Groucho Marx is bumping off her classmates, the question becomes, who is the killer and how do kids get access to so many cadavers? There's boobs and blood galore and the Oscar-worthy talents of David I Refuse to Use Any Other Facial Expression Copperfield, and they're all punching their tickets on the terror train. <laughs> Terror Train, one of my favorite uh, slashers to watch from that era, be- partly because of the, the, the you know the different setting, uh, <clears throat> and I love the fact that the killer sw- changes costume all the time. He takes mm-hmm. the, the victim, so you, you're always like, "Whoa, who's that? What, what's going on?" You know, and um, it's just it's is it a great film? No. <laughs> it's formula. It's very formula. But I really enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. I watched it with my oldest. Um, my youngest is 14, and he is pretty sensitive, so he doesn't like to watch horror. And I was surprised my 16-year-old would watch it with me. But he will, my older child will watch old um, corny horror movies with me. 
Um, so we had a really good time with this one. And I, I think the premise is pretty cool. Um, you know, without Jamie Lee Curtis, this might have not been such a fun watch. Um, I, I really was laughing about with David Copperfield. I mean, first of all, I, I know hardly anything about David Copperfield, but I did look him up and I had not realized just how successful of a, I don't know if he called is he called a is he a magician or illusionist or what do we call him like an illusionist I, yeah, yeah I, he he uh, he is such a bad actor oh my god well he's so <laughs> young in this like he think he's like 21 or something and he's he's like whisper thin and has a collar his collar could have been used <laughs> as a murder weapon like it's like the biggest sharpest <laughs> white collar and he has those like big buggy eyes i mean and they're trying to portray him as kind of sexy and mysterious. And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no. But um, I also want to say, like, if you read the plot synopsis, you it's so obvious that Kenny's the killer, right? Right. But if you watch the movie, they actually do a pretty good job at casting um, uh, suspicion on several different people. Uh, and so that was kind of well done. I thought like, it's like, is it the conductor? Is it David Copperfield? Um, you know, they, they kind of, and right. it was cool to see Ben Johnson, right? Oh, I thought um, Ben Johnson actually is really good in it. Yeah, he was great. And I also was worried he was going to get murdered. And so it was yeah. kind of cool that he survived. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked him in it because I thought he really brought some gravitas to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he take he, you can tell. I mean, he he takes that totally seriously. He gives a really good, uh, a, a very natural performance, and I, I really I really liked him in it actually. And I, I liked uh, his scenes with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, no, he was um, he she, those two characters went a long way uh, in the film, um, which otherwise would kind of be a corny you know slasher and. Um, You've got her. I can't remember her boyfriend's name. Oh, um, was, was that Doc or was Doc that, is uh, the Doc is the friend, the real Doc's asshole. The uh, oh, yeah. Mitch. No, Mitch was the girl. Mo, Mo, Mo. there you go. Yeah. yeah. So Jamie Lee Curtis has this boyfriend who seems like kind of a rat, and but but he's nothing compared to what a piece of shit Doc is. And um, yeah, as you know, I'm watching it. I'm like, where do I know that guy? (laughs) Yeah. And of course it was Ellis from Die Hard without his like coked beard. (laughs) But um, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, immediately I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I took me a minute to recognize it. He's, he's a good looking guy, but yeah, he plays this real frat asshole. Um, and of course, so you know he's gonna get you know murdered. Um, he's gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna get it. And actually, the gore level in this is pretty low. Yeah, it's not too, not too bad. Um, so I mean, like the the the, the basic premise of this thing is that these these frat jerk offs set up this thing with 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 Kenny, who's who's this skinny little nerd guy. Uh, that he's gonna get to have sex with Jamie Lee Curtis. They they tell him that's gonna happen, and they're oh yeah, go in the room, go in the room, and and he goes in there and like takes his clothes off and he goes to kiss her or whatever, and it's like a it's a cadaver that they got from their their one of their classes, right? Right, and he freaks out and for some reason spins in a circle. <laughs> yeah, in into <laughs> the curtains, you know, he just spins around. He cocoons himself in a in, in a his diaphanous curtain. Yes. 
And so he freaks out and he goes to a mental institution. And here's the thing. They go, okay, the the, uh, the movie, the main story of the film takes place three years later. Mm-mm. Okay. I think it's just one year later. No, it's, if I recall, it said three years oh, later. Oh, okay. Go on. Um, and then, so they're like, oh, because early on, I would say early on, like about, about the halfway mark, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis figures it out. Oh, it's Kenny because we did that horrible thing to him. Right. And, but they all suspect David Copperfield. Now I got to tell you, there's no way <laughs> that that actor changed his looks in three years to look like David Copperfield. Oh, gotcha. I mean, yeah. Come yeah. On. So <laughs> I, I think I missed that. Uh, they thought that, that Kenny had physically transformed into David Copperfield. I thought they just suspected the magician cause he was creepy. Well, they do. They, they, they think that that's him. Cause remember they go and they get the yearbook and there's a thing. Kenny Hampson does magic. Right. Right. Like right. the magic show. Cause he's totally into magic, you know? And so I was like, come on, there's no way right. he, he transformed in three years to look like that. Um, I, I do have to say, I thought it was very clever how they concealed his identity though. As the assistant. As the assistant. Yeah. That yeah. Actually, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, whoa. I mean, it's like my mind was blown. Yeah. No, they, Cause they do a good job of kind of keeping him in like kind of in the back mm-hmm. or not yeah. as well lit. Um, you know, and, and they, and I think they dub his voice. Yeah. Well, to and, make it sound more feminine. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely in the background. Cause if you look directly at him, it's like that, that woman doesn't look quite right. <laughs> right. But, yeah. but you're not, the focus is always on, you know, David Copperfield or, and I am just not buying that a bunch of fourth year college students are going to give it, they're not going to be sitting through a magician's act on a train while they're drinking. They're going to be with a disco just, ball. Yeah. Like that. I'm like, that might entertain like 12 year olds to watch a magician, but um, yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing too. This is something also not explained. They, they're like, well, I thought you booked the magician. <laughs> no, nobody booked the magician. It's like, okay. So how exactly did Kenny convince the magician to get on the train and do this act and know. why kill the magician because well it's because he's the magician a mag- had nothing yeah. to do with it yeah oh he got kill happy and he, like well i get it because he, he kills like two porters too who have nothing to do with it right yeah it, a movie also had just one of those stupid rape scenes that i hate where a woman will have sex with someone in a in a costume that's covering his oh. face while he's not yeah. making a noise. I'm like, no woman ever has fallen for that ever. <laughs> like that's not yeah. a thing. Like she's like, well, I guess you're quiet. But like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like Revenge mm. of the Nerds. Oh yeah, little Darth so, Vader mask yeah, thing. so gross. Yeah, you but, know it's um, funny. I remember I when I saw Revenge of the Nerds way back in the '80s when I first saw it. You know, at that time, everybody's like, oh, that's funny. I know, oh, right? Man. Now it's like you watch it, and you're like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, awful. no, it's awful. Yeah, there were some Ugh. cool costumes in this. Like, I think his name is Jackson, the the guy in the reptile costume. Yes. Yeah, he had a cool. You know, as you know, I, I make a lot of costumes this time of year as a tailor. 
Um, so I was kind of peeping some of the costumes. Could not figure out what that woman was supposed to be. She she basically was topless, but with a pair of pants pulled up over her breast with, breasts, suspenders. with, yes. with suspenders and with a hand sticking out of the pants. Yes. What the? I, what? I, I had no idea what the hell that was. I was like, "Is that one of those clever like like if I was going to be a one night stand and I was like dressed as a nightstand? Like, was she supposed to be something <laughs> like that? Like, I couldn't figure out the pun, but um, I figure it out at all. And I don't think she gets killed, right? No, she. The only thing, I honestly, all she's there for is to, to take her top off and to try to seduce um, Mo. Yes. Yeah, and, and you know what, Tim. Sleeps. You do realize that three out of the four movies that you had me watch featured domestic violence. So that was a nice, the scene. Yeah. Thank you. So the scene toward the end where she and Kenny are fighting uh, was a little nasty because he's just beating the hell out of Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, I think, I think uh, Ralph walked through the room and was like appalled. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I know he's he's so sensitive, but um, yeah. So let's not forget that vanity is in this. I don't know who vanity is. You don't? No. Really? Vanity? You know, she was like, she was one of those uh, sexy ladies that was part of Prince's entourage way back in the 80s. Oh, no. Like with Apollonia and all I that. know Apollonia, but I didn't know Vanity. So who is Vanity yeah. in this? Uh, she played Mary, M-E-R-R-Y. She yeah. was, you really only saw her, I think, in two scenes. You saw her near the end comforting Jamie Lee before, when they think that, that Kenny's dead. Okay. Yeah, you only see her like, Two times, one other time earlier in the film. But now this is one of the first ones I watched. So I'm kind of not remembering how they murdered, um, how they murdered Kenny, or they kill off Kenny. But I do. Uh, he, Kenny falls off the train and falls oh, into the water, into the water, and like slams right into the ice. Yeah, or a, a, a suspicious-looking dummy slams into the ice. Well, yeah. Right, right. He comes to a bad end. And I have to say, like, this was pretty fun. Like, it definitely, if you're a horror slasher or Jamie Lee Curtis fan, whoops, um, definitely watch this. But uh, the whole premise where they're a bunch of drunk college kids are getting on a train and they're like, well, too bad the train, there's no way to talk to it once it's on its excursion. There's, <laughs> I was like, okay, come yeah. on, like. Like, like there was still some health and safety back in the eighties. I'm sorry, they would have they would have been concerned about that. I did like the fact that they actually filmed on a real train. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you get that you you can you get the impression when you're watching. You can tell because of the way people are moving and stuff. Right. Um, and and that's cool because like nowadays, if they did that, the whole thing would be you know soundstage. Yeah. Stuff and I so I I, I don't know. I really enjoy it. So what's your rating on it? Oh boy! Well, I guess for a slasher, I'm going to give it a seven. It yeah, I fun. give it a seven. Yeah, because uh, it's 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 just it's one of those things where it's it's cinematic comfort food. Mm-hmm. If you're a horror movie fan, it's it's uh, it's predictable. You know, you know exactly who's going to die, and you know that what's going to happen. And but it it just it's done in a stylish enough way where it's fun and it works. Yeah, and it's a it's a tidy little premise, despite that. It, you know, like at one point they know there's a murder, but they all get back on the train, <laughs> and like you know, there's some there's some oh, yeah. yeah, but but it's a it's a good little premise for a. Um, for a horror film and I doubt they'll remake it, but it would be a fun remake. You know, it's a good premise. I liked the premise. Well, originally they were going to remake it. Oh, and then I guess, it, I guess that fell through because they, they've announced that for a couple of years now that they mm-hmm. were remaking it. It never happened. So anyway, 
So finally, it's time for some glorious 70s cheese. In a small town in Utah, a giant black coop is mowing down the citizenry with alarming frequency. Deputy James Brolin and his manly, forceful mustache teams up with drunken loser Ronnie Cox and lovable, wife-beating demolitions expert R.G. Armstrong to defeat this mysterious vehicle. After the car plows down a young French horn playing John Rubenstein, (laughs) the team springs into action because no one kills brass sections in this town, damn it. There's cranky conservative teachers, a wise Native American sidekick, some nauseating lovemaking with Brolin and his girlfriend, Uh. Kathleen Lloyd, and lots and lots of driving, but not even the cannonball run would take the car. Evil has visited the Earth in many forms. Now it returns as the car. no driver in the car. A car possessed. I know why he didn't go into the cemetery. The ground was hallowed. Yes, Brolin in that manly stash. Uh, he had a great stash. Um, <laughs> so this is where you and I have such a different background to bring to this film because I haven't seen hardly any of these actors in anything. And really, yeah, yeah, I just don't have the background. Um, like, I'm not totally sure if I've seen James Brolin in anything. Mr. Barbara Streisand? Yeah, I know. No, I know who he is, but I'm. I I would have to look through his uh, filmography. But well, his main thing is being known for was uh, the series TV series Hotel. Yes, and as you know, I've watched like three TV shows ever in my life. So, yeah, I'm looking at his stuff. I mean, I've obviously seen a couple of these movies, but I didn't uh, (laughs) remember him in Pee Wee's Big Adventure cameo oh yeah 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 what about john marley from godfather oh yeah okay the horse head in the bed yeah okay yeah so i guess i've seen him he has these kind of cameo type of roles that i've seen him in killed early yeah yeah 
uh, you know, R.G. Armstrong, you know him. He's a famous mm, character actor. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, um, this, I, this film is pretty good. It was one of the more enjoyable ones. I, my husband actually watched it with me, so yay, right? Because he never watches these, like, shitty old movies with me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, the, we both liked it. Uh, Ralph had seen part of it as a young boy, so that was kind of oh, cool. Okay. Um, this film was trying to copy Jaws, and that is funny to me because it was about a car. <laughs> so, oh yeah, it's Jaws with a car. Yeah, it's Jaws with a car, um, and it's uh, it had that whole um, trying to make the characters sort of folksy and relatable, mm-hmm. as you um, sort of alluded to the the flirtatious morning scene between he and his, I was like doing the jerk off motion on the couch <laughs> I, was like, I was like that scene was about three times as long as it needed to be it's like we get it they're cute they're in love like we oh, got I, it, it you, you really have to control your gag reflex yeah, in that scene it just it's went on too long and especially uh, when every single bit of feisty characteristics that they're trying to give that actress is just so that we'll be upset when she's murdered. Um, Which, you by know. the way, took me by surprise. It, it definitely did. That scene was a big surprise. It was a good surprise. It was it was great, but uh, it felt a little cheap, right? Because that's kind of, um, you know, they made the film wants you to like her, Kathleen Lloyd, right? right? Yeah, then they... They run her down uh, the car. That car, that car was a douche. He was a son of a bitch. <laughs> so. Well, the thing that's great with her death scene is she's at home. Right. She's in a friggin' house, and you see her. They do a great framing shot. Yeah, yeah. Where she's in the foreground in, on the left side of the screen, and you see the window. You see the headlights getting closer and yeah. closer and closer. Yeah, it was and corny. The car leaps up through the window. Right, and just like mows her down through the house. <laughs> You know what? That was pretty corny because she she just doesn't have peripheral vision or ears in that scene because she was a pretty smart character. But all of a sudden she's just like, baby, I hear a noise on the phone. But um, like she couldn't have either run to the left or the right. 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 She just couldn't (laughs) figure it out. But uh, despite, you know, I mean, I'm just thinking when whenever my husband watched it when he was pretty young that scene probably did traumatize him cuz um because it was unexpected and it was sad and um they also have the um the old cop in the beginning they they play that one for sentimentality too yeah, right John Marley, yeah, yeah cuz they've got you know he's in love with the woman whose husband is <laughs> is beating her on screen at all times in this film oh so, yeah he's constantly yeah so they yeah <laughs> So they got to run over the cop too, and and well, also, <laughs> did, uh, yeah. Did the color brown sponsor this film? <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything is brown. Their uniforms are brown. The walls are brown. The cars are brown. Um, Brolin is brown. <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody is brown. Like, well, okay. Here's the thing for me that to this day, every time I watch it, first of all, it it's. It's incredibly watchable. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's absolutely ridiculous, and I think that they knew it was ridiculous when they did it mm-hmm. because they give it every time it runs somebody over. The car has like a tune; it honks, right? It goes, honk, 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 honk. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a son of a bitch. Yeah, and they play it in the trailer, which I, I which I, I I I love it. It's so it's so damn funny. 
Um, <laughs> but so we've got Amos, who's the wife beater guy, and they spend the first half of the movie making him a piece of shit. Right. You know, every time you see him, he's abusing his wife, either physically or mentally, whatever. He's just being garbage. And then at the end, he's the hero. Right. Right. He's, well, he's the one who comes up with sticks of dynamite and the big plan, and he doesn't die. That that didn't bother me. Like, again, I think... I think that they were setting him up to just get mowed down. You know, I didn't think that. First really? of all, again, I'd never seen the trailer. I, just, I knew nothing. Um, I'm watching it, and I felt like... I feel like it's a better film than its reputation um, yes. holds. It's apparently when it came out, um, Gene Siskel said it was the cinematic turkey of 1977. I mean, it it was <laughs> people were mocking it, but I think I think it does a lot of things really well. Like yeah. I I love the fact it does it doesn't explain where the car came from or it's like it's a demon car, bitches. That's all, that's all you need to yeah. know. <laughs> like that's it. And, I um, love the design of the car, by the way. I was wondering if you knew anything about that, because uh, it was totally a different-looking, interesting-looking car. Well, yeah. What it, They actually they, they modified um, a, an existing car. Um, the hell was it? What's it called? Um, ba, 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 ba. Okay, it was, a, it was a customized 1971 Lincoln Continental Mark III. Okay. And they, they built four cars for the film because most of them were you know blown up or, or you know crashed or whatever um and it's just, it's such a cool looking car there's like there's there's no uh, door handles yeah. on it yeah uh, the window is black mm-hmm. and i i like the fact that every once in a while you see the perspective of the car through the windshield yeah as if somebody's sitting in the car and it's like this orange tint right and uh, the car and like you were saying, the car is a bitch. It definitely has a personality, right? Because the scene when Brolin approaches it when it's just sitting there, and he's trying to see through the window, and he and, and the window starts to go down a little bit, and he like looks in, he doesn't see anybody in there, and you know, and, and then the door slams him and knocks him over and everything, yeah, kicks you know, his like, ass, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I just think it's one of those movies that. I think at the time, I don't think people got it. it. It's not meant to be like, oh my god, that movie was so scary. No, it's a campy, fun, good time. You, you know, you're supposed because you're, you're you're supposed to accept it's an evil car, right? Once which, you're on, once you're on board with that premise, why would you complain about what you're seeing, right? <laughs> like, it's right, like, exactly. It's like you know we were talking about Christine earlier, um, and <clears throat> yes. Christine actually really takes itself seriously. Yeah, it does. And, and I think that's one of the reasons I like the car better. Yeah. Is because they, they really just go, you know what? It, it's a killer car. It's dumb. Just go with it. And there were a couple scenes in this film that were scary and a couple scenes that were upsetting. Unlike Christine, where there was not one second I was scared or upset by anything I saw. The scene where the kids again, like this movie is ripped off from Josh Jaws so hardcore and it cracks me oh, up. Yeah. But the scene where the kids are 
doing their parade practice, um, you know, they're swimming in the lagoon. I'm sorry. No, they're doing their parade practice. <laughs> and you see the glint of the car approaching from far away. And there's literally no music or it's just that was pretty good. That was pretty creepy because it's a long ways away and you can barely yeah. see it. And also the scene where he towards about the third act where Brolin goes out to his shed and the car is oh, just the garage. Yeah. That, I was like, pants shitting scary. Like, it was just yeah. silently sitting there. That was really well done. Yeah, that was actually, that, uh, I remember that creeping me out. That was it's creepy. Like he walked in there, and like, he turns around, oh, shit. It's right there. It's, it's like right there, and you just hear like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything aggressive. It's just sitting there. Uh, that was cool. That was cool. It kind of like goes, Arr! like yeah. a couple of times it goes forward, and then it slowly rolls back. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I really liked when they were, um, like with the parade thing and they went and they ran into this, the old cemetery mm -hmm. and it couldn't get to them. Right. Because it's, it, because it's uh, consecrated ground. Right. Yep. And I, I actually thought that was kind of cool. And you saw the car basically throwing a fit. Yes. It was like uh, driving in yep. circles. Like, rawr, rawr, rawr. Yeah. And that was a cool scene because the teacher, she's kind of the hero of that scene because yeah. again, from her perspective, there's a person in there. And she's trying to get the guy to come out because she feels like they have more of a chance if the person comes out of the car, which is true. If there was a person in there, you know, she's behaving in an intelligent fashion. But yeah, that scene was great. And I just feel like um, it's a better horror movie than people might think. And um, yeah, I, we've also got Dick Jones in there. Uh, he was the um, or Ronnie Cox. Uh, you know, he yeah, he's the alcoholic. um deputy he's like th this movie mows down so many cops <laughs> like like it it's like this tiny town i'm like how many guys do they have on the police force because they have killed a lot of them but um, well yeah the, the police force basically gets reduced down to like three guys like you know brolin ronnie cox and uh, the, the native american guy which i actually liked the character he was the only cop um let me look up his name eddie little sky um, yeah he was the only cop that had his shit together. Um, mm -hmm. And he was, um, he did, that was a totally competent performance. And um, I liked him in it, you know? You know what I really liked about him, though, was they didn't, they didn't fall into the trap that so many movies do, especially back then, of where, like, having him go, like, spirit, yeah. ancestor. Yeah. Come back, save, you know, I mean, oh, nope. God, you know, they didn't nope. go that route. Yeah, I was waiting for that kind of bullshit. <laughs> Like, yeah, he was just a guy. He was just, he was just a just good cop. cop. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm glad they didn't murder his family because I was like, oh, that's where they're going to go with this. But, you know, he oh, goes. He said to, he was going to go check on his He's going to go check on his family. They're fine. Yeah. So, yeah, it's. Um, no, it was a fun movie. And, um, like, definitely, uh, like I said, it is more serious film than um, I realized it was going to be, like, when I started watching it. But uh, it was fun. It was a fun film. What would you give this? I'd actually give it an eight. I had a really great time with this one. Yeah, I would give it an eight as well. I I, I do really really enjoy it, it and um, it, it's just a, a good old fashioned fun time. And it, it's it, it's also one of those movies where you can just like sit back with a with friends with a bunch of beers and just you know enjoy it. You can enjoy it on different levels, either you know like the suspense aspect of it or the campiness or it's just it's just a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. 
And I, yeah, I, I, I liked it. And like I said, there's, and there's surprises in it by like killing off Kathleen Lloyd. I was shocked that that happened. Yeah. And the fact that they kept the white beater guy alive, I thought, cause in most <laughs> horror movies, it's like anybody, any character like that, they're going to get creamed. Right. Yeah. Cause they've got it coming, you know? Yeah. The whole third act was super dusty too. <clears throat> Everyone's just running around. There was a lot of brown and a lot of dust. So if you're into brown and dust, watch this film. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, so get this, you know, we, we always talk about, uh, I, I'm always putting out, uh, that, uh, people can write in whatever. So we, we do have an email to read of feedback. Uh, it says, I like the fun banter between you two. And I like how you break it down by scale for listeners to get a good idea of whether to see the film or if it's a waste of time. I'm so glad you're doing this show. Love you, mom. Oh, oh. Damn it! <laughs> You're like, damn, we got a fan. <laughs> Son of a. <laughs> <That's nice. sighs> okay, so. <laughs> well, thank you, Tim's mom. Yes. <laughs> so thanks again for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can write to us at moviemorg one at att.net. Check out our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feeds and visit Kelly's website, B-Movie BFFs, on the interwebs. Next time, it's our annual Halloween Spectacular. Our films will be the David Gordon Green reboot of Halloween with the returning Jamie Lee Curtis, the Lumberto Bava schlock masterpiece Demons, Barbie Benton's tour de force in X-Ray, and the killer tree monster movie from Hell It Came. Plus, all month long on our Facebook page, and our Twitter feed. I'll be giving out my daily recommendations for horror films to keep you scared all October long. So watch for my updates every day. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you'll join us. Remember to get out and vote in November. And as always, as Spidey tells us, with great power comes great responsibility. And we'll see you next time. All right.